Hi there, Alabama. He's going to have to go in the same building, Joy, that those five young men that were indicted and prosecuted for rape they didn't do while Donald Trump took ads out calling for their execution. Yes. He called for them to be executed and they were convicted. Some of them went to jail for years. One of them, Curry Weiss, who's at National Action Network every Saturday, did 13 years in jail. They will see Donald Trump who brought ads against them walk in the same building they were arraigned in and be arraigned sometime next week. And I think if that's not ironic, and in my uh, case I agree, or when you said Salam Kama, you will reap what you sow. So this is a humiliating night for him. A couple of days after he said this was not going to happen, he said this cake. Somebody, um... This was not going to happen. He said this case was over. And he's going to have to go in the same building, George. What I'm trying to talk to you here, circumstantial. So this is a humiliating night for him. A couple of days after he said this was not going to happen, he said this case was over. And he's going to have to go in the same building, George, that those five young men that were indicted and prosecuted for rape they didn't do while Donald Trump took ads out calling for their execution. He called for them to be executed and they were convicted. Some of them went to jail for years. One of them, Curry White, who's at National Action Network every Saturday, did 13 years in jail. They will see Donald Trump, who brought ads against them, walk in the same building they were arraigned in and be arraigned sometime next week. And I think if that's not ironic, and in my uh, case, I agree, or with Yusef Salam Kamba, you will reap what you sow. So this is a humiliating night for him. A couple of days after he said this was not going to happen, he said this case was over. And he's going to have to go in the same building, Joy, that those five young men that were indicted and prosecuted for rape they didn't do while Donald Trump took ads out. What I'm trying to prove to you here, circumstantial evidence. These fools had advanced knowledge. Now, that's why I wrote the Black Man Satellite documentary. Because in order to get these calculations, you need a satellite in orbit. You can't do this without a satellite in orbit, and this satellite has been in orbit for a long time. Because why? This satellite was the all-seeing eye of Enlil. And Lil knew what was going on on the planet at all times. He knew population centers. He knew the size of populations. He knew the size of crops on the planet, on a planetary scale. Black, and when people would act up, or the people satellite. got too loud in one area, or they started acting too wild, he would just Black say, call the humans. Night. And he would send somebody to spray something on their fields to kill all their crops. Sounds like chemtrails yeah. in ancient times. We had chemtrails already, sorry. They came through and wiped them out. He would just kill people off to control the population. But this all-seeing eye, how did he have this? This is the eye of Sauron in the Lord of the Rings. Well, the eye actually exists. It's actually a Sumerian cylinder scroll that depicts two beings talking to each other using this technology with wings in the sky. In my opinion, that is the Black Knight.
trying to prove to you here, circumstantial evidence. These beings had advanced knowledge. Now, that's why I wrote the Black Knight Satellite documentary. Because in order to get these calculations, you need a satellite in orbit. You can't do this without a satellite in orbit, and this satellite has been in orbit for a long time. Because why? This satellite was the all-seeing eye of Enlil. Enlil knew what was going on on the planet at all times. He knew population centers. He knew the size of populations. He knew the size of crops on the planet, on a planetary scale. And when people would act up or the people got too loud in one area or they started acting too wild, he would just say, call the humans. And he would send somebody to spray something on their field to kill all their crops. Sounds like chemtrails in ancient times. We had the chemtrails already, sorry. They came through and wiped them out. It would just kill people off to control the populations. But this all-seeing eye, how did he have this? This is the eye of Sauron in the Lord of the Rings. Well, the eye actually exists. There's actually a Sumerian cylinder scroll that depicts two beings talking to each other using this technology with wings in the sky. In my opinion, that is the Black Knight. Hmm. I'm trying to prove to you here, circumstantial evidence. These beings had advanced knowledge. Now, what was the first known civilization in human history? The ancient Sumerians who lived in Mesopotamia around 4000 BCE are considered by many to be the first civilization in human history. But who or what influenced their development? That's where the Anunnaki come in. According to Sumerian mythology, the Anunnaki were a group of deities who came to Earth from the heavens. They were said to have taught the Sumerians everything from agriculture to writing, and even interbred with humans to create a hybrid race of rulers. Some researchers believe that the Anunnaki may have been ancient astronauts or extraterrestrial beings who visited Earth in the distant past. Others argued that they were simply a metaphorical representation of natural phenomena, such as the cycles of the seasons. Regardless of their true nature, the Anunnaki continue to fascinate and intrigue people around the world. Their alleged influence on the Sumerians and their legacy in human history are still being studied and debated. was the first known civilization in human history? The ancient Sumerians who lived in Mesopotamia, a woman who was they're, allegedly... Now they're saying that uh, it's actually India. It uh, goes back to India. Yeah. But I think it was all over the world. It was all around the world. Ten or just people in because I don't know what the preconditions for peace might be. But I do know that naive notions that the Russians are going to lose somehow, or that we're going to win, I, I, don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. Well, what do you mean we're going to win? What are we going to win here exactly? Well, I guess a victory would be that the Russians retreated from Ukraine. Yeah. With, with Ukrainian ruins. Right. Well, that's, okay, sorry, that's a hell of a victory. Like, I think Putin could manage that because I think he could tell his people, and I think they might buy it. It's like, we accomplished our objective. We devastated Ukraine, and we kept it out of the hands of the West. 
should the Ukrainians give the Russians anything? When I was over there recently interviewing President Zelensky, what I was struck by was everybody I met in Kiev, the capital city, were utterly resolute, don't give them an inch of our land. Yeah, well, I don't, I can't speak to that because I don't know what the preconditions for peace might be. But I do know that naive notions that the Russians are going to lose somehow, but that we're going to win. Which is what's I, happening I because I just don't understand. There was I don't understand war. that. Well, what do you mean we're going to win? What this, are we going to win this here? Is a, this is well, I guess some a victory proof would that, be that the Russians Peter seems a right winger with, with Ukrainian ruins. Right. Well, so I think it impacts people differently um, because we all have our own window of perception and we can't separate our lens of perception with our reality, right? So I can speak to my particular experience and my particular experience was I went through a very difficult time in 2016 where I had to reconcile betrayal and you don't ever feel betrayed by somebody that you didn't care about. You only feel betrayed by people that you really cared about. And so there gets into this massive gap between expectation and what the reality that you experience was. And instead of um, blaming others, which I probably would have done in, in earlier stages of my life, I decided to look within and ask myself, you know, maybe my perception on my reality is not exactly as it truly is. Maybe I'm seeing the world as I am rather than as it is. I think it impacts people differently. Um, because we all have our own window of perception. And we can't separate our lens of perception with our reality, right? So I can speak to my particular experience. And my particular experience was I went through a very difficult time in 2016 where I had to reconcile betrayal. And you don't ever feel betrayed by somebody that you didn't care about. You only feel betrayed by people that you really cared about. And so there gets to be this massive gap between expectation and what your reality that you experienced was. And instead of um, blaming others, which I probably would have done at, at earlier stages of my life, I decided to look within and ask myself, you know, maybe my perception on my reality is not exactly as it truly is. Maybe I'm seeing the world as I am rather than as it is. I think it impacts people differently. Uh, we all have our own window of perception. We can't separate our lens of perception with our reality. Right? So I can speak to my particular experience. And my particular experience was I went through a very difficult time in 2016 where I had to reconcile betrayal. And you don't ever feel betrayed by somebody that you didn't care about. You only feel betrayed by people that you really cared about. And so there gets to be this massive gap between expectation and what the reality that you experienced was. And instead of um, blaming others, which I probably would have done at, at earlier stages of my life, I decided to look within and ask myself, you know, maybe my perception on my reality is not exactly as it truly is. Maybe I'm seeing the world as I am rather than as it is. I think it impacts people differently. Um, 
Because we all have our own window of perception. We can't separate our lens of perception with our reality, right? So I can speak to my particular experience. And my particular experience was I went through a very difficult time in 2016 where I had to reconcile betrayal. And you don't ever feel betrayed by somebody that you didn't care about. You only feel betrayed by people that you really cared about. And so there gets to be this massive gap between expectation and what your reality is experience. Oops. Hitting, hitting the boat so I can go. Oh no. Descriptions. No balls. Live. To government. By the way, I think the two middle fingers were intended for the weakest speaker of the house, Kevin McCarthy, not Mark I'm Meadows. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't be, because Mark Meadows deserves it. Mark Meadows retroactively. Mark Meadows comes up. I lose my shit because he's such a moron, and I fought with him during that house. It's Kevin McCarthy. So, Mark, I pull that one back. Kevin, the two fingers to you. You can retroactively give Mark Meadows for his previous conduct. So, that's why I was fine letting you go on. and I think Mark Meadows deserves it as well. Judge, I Eileen Cannon in the criminal case brought by special counsel Jack Smith. He issued an order that rejected Jack Smith's request to file the witness list under seal, but she rejected it without prejudice, basically saying, if you want, you can refile this list under seal, explain why it needs to be confidential, make a particularized showing why it should be confidential, state the duration of how you want to keep the witness list confidential. And, and ultimately, I, I think Judge Eileen Cannon got it wrong here, but um, look, a number of media outlets did request this information, the witness list. This is a public trial. Donald Trump already has access to this witness list. It's not like Trump doesn't have the witness list. And in normal course, you would make a showing in a filing um, uh, to show why something should be under seal. I think Special Counsel Jack Smith was like, yeah, well, of, of course, you know, this is a SIPA case, a classified information procedure act case. You really need me to spell it out for you, Judge Eileen Cannon. This specific order didn't bother me all that much because at the end of the day, whether the list is public or not, it, it may have some chilling effect, but it, it doesn't. This is not the order that I'm saying we should all be on red alert yet, but I wanted to flag it. I did a longer hot take on it. Also, the Supreme Court made a ruling, as I said at the top, rejecting the independent state legislature doctrine. The MAGA Republicans were pushing this insane theory, a dangerous theory, that the election clause of the United States Constitution found in Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, which talks about the time, place, and manner of holding elections, basically empowered the state legislatures to ignore their state constitutions and ignore their own state Supreme Courts. And this specific case, uh, Moore versus Harper, related to gerrymandering and saying a state could gerrymander and their own Supreme Court could not overrule them. But its implications were that, well, if that's the case, then the state legislature can just pick who they want to be their electors and just ignore the whole constitutional uh, you know, regime within their state and just say, we pick Trump 
even if uh, President Biden gets more votes. Um, so the Supreme Court rejected that a 6-3 decision. Um, Justice Roberts wrote for the majority. Still scary, though, that you had three Supreme Court justices ready to abandon our democracy, Alito, Gorsuch, and Clarence Thomas. Um, so I did a longer hot take on that, but independent state legislature theory rejected and rightfully so. But again, horrific that you have three justices um, saying that they were okay with literally the opposite of democracy, like just pure fascism. All right, Cohen, I want to leave on this note, and I think it's an important one because we hear a lot about Mar-a-Lago. You've been there many, many times. We've heard about spies there. We've heard that you know, it's not really a secure location and weddings are happening. Can you paint the picture for all of the brigaders out there, though? Like, when we see these images in the indictment of boxes in auditoriums just laying out there with classified records, in bathrooms, at parties, at banquets, how easy would it be for, like, a spy working for a government to go in there and, and access it? It's easy as pie uh, to use a stupid sort of, you know, um, term here. The only thing they do have is they have video cameras. Oh my God, how hard do you think that a country who wants to get a hold of our national security secrets in order to create some sort of a loop or interfere with the with the server that sits, you know, with Met Calamari over at Trump Tower? How hard would that be? You know, I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's like. It's picking a lock in order to get through. It's not like guarded. That's the reason why these documents belong in the hands of NARA. It's that's the reason why they created the Presidential Records Act. Look, you know, Ben, it's a public place. There are thousands of people that come and go, whether it's for weddings, whether it's for functions, whether it's to come in for dinner, whether it's to, you know, sit by the pool. This is not Donald Trump's house. No matter how many times he wants to call it his home, it is not his home. In fact, people pay membership money in order to be members. I don't know why, but they do. This, all of this bullshit is not going to help him. And, you know, while we're closing up, you know, for the hour, um, and one of the things I really want to say to the brigaders, you know, Donald always talks about militia, that we have to fight. You know, we have to, we have to, you know, hold people accountable. We have to do all of these things. Well, we need to be a militia too, not a militia like Donald Trump's militia with guns and bats and bear spray and zip ties. We need to be a militia of the mind. We need to outsmart them at every single turn. The reason is, well, first of all, I think it would be easy to become them keyboard shit, warriors right? like and a right wing Anybody nuts. that's willing to separate them, you know, themselves from a dollar to give it to Donald so that he could use the money to pay for his legal fees. It's nice that all of these people are supporting a billionaire's legal problems. It's more of considering these legal problems were brought on by himself. But putting all that aside, we have to figure out how to be smarter how to act, you know, in concert with one another. Like I said, a militia of the mind, whereby we ensure, come, you know, come 2024, that this isn't even a close election. It is a fucking landslide showing them you want to keep losing. And the good part is most of the people that are supporters of Trump, if you look to the video, they're all older. 
and they're dying out, obviously, faster than the younger generation, the Gen Zers, that seem to support democracy and the Constitution. So let these, you know, let, let these individuals All disappear. Parts. Let them I go away. Let them it. figure out, you know, the rest of their lives on this earth and health and happiness. But stop voting for this maniac because the country, the world that you're leaving to your children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren, needs to be better than the than the you know country and the earth that you you know that you live in and unless these people are made to understand this and that's where we have to beat them with with advertisements with shows like this um with shows like um your legal af or the midas brothers or you know mea culpa whatever it is we need to we need to be better smarter and we need to ensure that vote blue in 2024 that this like a boxing match don't leave it up to the judges you got to make sure that you have a knockout and that's what we need in 2024 absolutely i'll tell you i talked about this on the midas touch podcast i do with my brothers i spent my sunday with the santa clarita democrats that's in california's 27th congressional district currently represented by a MAGA republican mike garcia supports all of Donald Trump's policies, supports the insurrection. And uh, we spend Sunday writing postcards and canvassing and just getting the word out in the community. That was about the 500-day mark before the general election. It's never too soon, I promise you. You know, try to connect with some local groups, clubs, organizations where you can get involved and just spreading the word. And you know, the easiest way you Get can do it also ads. is just share these videos. If you, you share know, this video with... Yeah, I'm so sorry because, you know, I don't want people to be confused on what I said. I didn't say that all old people mm-hmm. are supporters of Trump. I never mm-hmm. said that. What I said is, statistically, and I've seen, the, I've seen the numbers, there is a very significant portion of Trump's 26% MAGA base, the financial supporters, are older all right that's the point i'm making i'm not saying all old people most listen there are many many and obviously much more than what trump has that do not support donald trump so i just want to make sure that people understand what i'm saying here that donald trump's 26 percent that base is is compromised of a significant portion of um of people over the age of 55. No, I appreciate the clarification. Everybody, check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the shirt that Michael Cohen is wearing, the Mar-a-Lardo Correctional Facility shirt, store.midastouch.com. We've also got the Convict or Convict 45 pins for all of those seeing the emojis being used in the chat. There's that dollar sign at the bottom of the YouTube. You can become a member. You can gift people memberships. You can ask to receive a gift membership. So you hit that dollar sign and uh, you could become a member. No worries if you can. Uh, Do it. Make sure you're subscribed on our YouTube channel. It's free. Make sure you're subscribed on our audio podcast by searching <laughs> Political Beatdown. Also free. Super simple to search. No to Don't that. just uh, subscribe to Political Beatdown. Also check out Mea Culpa, another production of Michael Cohen and the Midas Touch Network. You can check that out 
by no, going to wherever audio me. podcasts are available so as well. Search Mea Culpa, and of course, here. on Saturdays, we show the new Mea Culpa episode. We release the video exclusively on the Midas Touch Network. So I want to thank everybody for watching this. The Beatdown oh, Brigaders, man. we're so grateful for you. Every time Cohen and I chat about the audience, an audience that's growing, engaged. I love the interactivity of the chat. Um, I love just having open, honest, sometimes very difficult conversations and um, just trying to figure out what's best for our country together. But ultimately, that starts foundationally with humanity, decency, compassion, pro-democracy, intelligence. These are the things we talk about here and we'll continue to talk about as and a together, ben, let's never forget, community. together with our brigaders, we will save democracy. Yay. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. This is my man Cooper. I tell you my story, don't grab me yet. Break it on down now. Mommy, you could go. Mm, break it on down now. Break it on down, break it on down, break it on down. Oh, yeah, let's pull up. Didn't hear the beginning of that. Political beatdown. I'm yeah. Ben Micellis, joined by the one and only Michael. Disqualify Trump and 160 plus GOP traders. Call DOJ 202 Little siege section. Capital siege section. Okay. Said uh, everybody call DOJ two zero two five one four two thousand. Leave a message for Jack Smith, Capital C section. <laughs> oh, and wearing the Marilardo Correctional Facility <laughs> official Maya Culpa nice. shirt that y'all can get at store.midastouch.com. But we've got a lot to talk about today. First. We'll talk about Trump incriminating himself further after the audio leak that shows him bragging about the classified records in his possession back in July of 2021. The United States Supreme Court made a very big ruling today not to destroy our democracy by rejecting the independent state legislature doctrine that MAGA Republicans were trying to push. 
Judge Eileen Cannon issued an order rejecting Special Counsel Jack Smith's request to file the witness list, 84 witnesses uh, under seal. Uh, also, Kevin McCarthy, the weakest speaker of the House of History, is threatening impeachment of Attorney General Merrick Garland based on a new fake whistleblower that contradicts all of the documentary evidence that we have. But of course, some breaking news right before we started the show today, which is that an appellate district in New York has kept all of the claims against Donald Trump and the Trump Organization that were brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James in the civil fraud lawsuit, but did dismiss the claims against Ivanka Trump in that lawsuit. This is the New York Appellate Division First Department on Tuesday that made this ruling uh, and had found in their in granting Ivanka's motion to dismiss that the statute of limitations in her case had expired because she was no longer part of the Trump Organization by 2016. Recall that New York Attorney General Letitia James had filed the lawsuit against all of Donald Trump's adult children, the Trump Organization, Donald Trump. Everyone else remains in the case except for Ivanka, we'll see how the New York Attorney General responds, but and just to give your you, response. Just to give you a quick one on this one. First of all, it makes no difference to Tish James's case. I want everyone to remember that the AG's case is civil in nature. It's monetary. And at the end of the day, Ivanka never controlled the Trump organization. She just would have been another person that was named into it. I actually believe that the first department ruled correctly in 2016, uh, 2017, January, Ivanka became a government employee and the statute of limitations did run. Now, Don Jr. is not out, Eric will not be out because neither of them took on any role outside of the Trump organization. But it, again, it's a civil lawsuit with a minimum, minimum of $250 million that Tish James is seeking. And again, I've said this before, and I'm gonna say it again, I think the number is gonna be substantially greater than that. So this is not one that, you know, yay, Ivanka is gonna get her ass locked up. By the time she comes <laughs> out, the roots will be good and black down to her ears. No, no, no. It was never one of those, it's not criminal, it's civil in nature. And Donald Trump mm -hmm. and his eponymous company will be held accountable in that specific matter as well. Everybody will recall our coverage here on the Midas Touch Network that Ivanka actually got rid of and fired the same lawyers that were representing her brothers. And her legal strategy in many senses was to somewhat throw her other families under the bus and basically <laughs> say, they did it, I wasn't even around to do it. You shouldn't hold me accountable. I know nothing about this. It'll still be interesting to see if New York Attorney General Letitia James tries to seek a and bonk review with the broader panel or seeks mm -hmm. further appeal. I, I ultimately think that she's not going to do anything to delay this thing uh, anymore or any further. She's got her eye on the prize well, here, which is holding the Trump it. Organization, Donald Trump, and those who worked at the Trump Organization. Uh, accountable, but I wanted to give that breaking news at the it top. Would be, of it would be the, something interesting, Ben, wouldn't it? If in fact that at the end uh, they subpoena Ivanka to testify, huh. right now, well, she could. Yeah, I mean, she could always plead the fifth uh, and so on. 
you know, look, one of the other things that I said is I believe that Jared and Ivanka are cooperating witnesses. It is inconceivable to me, inconceivable that Jared has not been indicted, that Ivanka has not been indicted on other issues as well, uh, ranging from uh, China to Japan with you know, a company and the various different licenses, $640 million that they made while they were senior advisors to the president, million, as well as six months after leaving the White House and the position as senior advisor. As He's receiving $2 billion as an investment from the Saudi Investment Authority. I, I don't know how they've escaped it unless, of course, you know, they're cooperating witnesses and so on. But who knows? Maybe one day we'll find out. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. But talking about something that we know is taking place, it's the case that you filed against Donald Trump, which is set to go to trial this upcoming month in July. You've had a bunch of pre-trial conferences. July 24th. That you talked about. The trial date is July 24th for unpaid fees and costs and other things that you've advanced. And so let the brigaders know what's the status of that. Is there going to be any hearings before that trial? Do we expect Donald Trump yeah. to be showing up at that trial? What's going on there? So you'll see me again. I'm sure they'll make a big news splash out of it. July 7th, uh, I am due back in court with my counsel for what's called pre-trial conferences. Now, about 10 days or so ago, we went to court uh, over at Center Street uh, State Court uh, for this pre-trial conference. However, opposing counsel had made a series of motions in limine, uh, whereby the judge was not prepared for the volume of motions to be filed so late in the game. Um, you know, it's a great delay tactic. It's not working. Um, the judge did the correct thing, and he said, I'll tell you what, I didn't budget enough time today. Let's just go through one of them, if we can, or all of them, prophylactically. But more importantly, uh, you're all coming back on the 7th of July, and we can hear all the motions at that point in time, uh, to whereby I will rule, uh, and so on. But come hell or high water, this case is going to trial on July 24th, and the week after the 7th, somewhere around like 10th or 12th, whatever the exact date is, I have to check, but that's when we start to voir dire the jury. This is a jury trial, and I want to be clear that this is more than just fees that are owed to me personally. These are fees that are owed to law firms that I engaged on Trump's behalf or as a result of my responsibilities that um, you know caused so much of the of the problems and uh, these are all things that I will prove at the at this at this trial that um, the Trump organization is responsible to make those payments as an indemnified uh, executive of the company funny because they made payments for other people, especially people in the family, but for me because I took the road 
uh, as, uh, what was it, Carillac said, I took the, uh, the road less traveled. I took the one that he didn't want me to travel. Um, and at the end, uh, he decided that he was not going to continue to make the payments Robert to these Frost. firms. And so four years ago, like 20, maybe going on five now, 2018, 2019, we filed this lawsuit. Michael Cohen versus the Trump Organization. And, you know, while he was president of the United States, that case went nowhere. There was a lot of back and forth motion practice, a lot. Back and forth, as we all know, that's Trump's. Play. That's the playbook. Yeah, and no we're, we're ready to go. And I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, Donald will be one of the people that we intend on subpoenaing. And that's nice. going to be big news. That's why it's important that we talk about that right now. Call you know, for a mental psychiatric evaluation. 7, uh, you know, the media is going to be two weeks behind at that point to the brigaders who now know pretty much everything. When trial is going to be, when voir dire is going to be, that you are going to be calling Donald Trump as a witness. What is the Trump organization and Trump's position going to be as to why he shouldn't show up as a witness in a trial where you were his attorney at the time and where he owes you money and he refuses to pay? Let's go oh, down south a little bit. That, so beautiful. What's indictment season, baby? <laughs> Definitely indictment season. I want to talk about your other case in uh, federal court, the one that Donald Trump filed against you in the Southern District of Florida, Miami Division, Trump seeking $500 million against you in that lawsuit. You filed uh, the motion to dismiss on the last episode of Political Beatdown. You told us about the reply papers that have been filed, so I think we should expect a hearing or a ruling coming up there. But you also mentioned on the last Political Beatdown that you had set Donald Trump's deposition in that matter for last week and the day before donald trump's deposition was set his lawyer said he's not showing up he can't be there um so what are you doing now to try to secure that deposition of donald trump because you know you, you noticed it the first time they obstructed the first one normally they're supposed to try to reschedule it we clearly know that they're going to try to drag this thing out. So how are you going to make sure you try to get Trump's deposition this year? Well, the judge right now has the scheduling order on his desk. Uh, one of the things that we asked for in the notice is for this past Friday for Trump to be um, deposed. Of course, nobody showed up. Uh, we didn't expect that he was going to. His lawyer contacted Donny Perry and Ben Brodsky, my two lawyers, on it, and notified them that they didn't have the ability to be deposed because Donald had to be on the golf courts. I mean, you know, that to me, I just find uh, to be obnoxious in the fact that this is his lawsuit, and it's your obligation as the plaintiff to push the case along. Well, not if you're Donald Trump. He decides, you know, who, what, when, where, and why. Well, no, uh, that's not how it works. In fact, the judge makes that determination. They also wanted to delay Donald's deposition uh, until 90 days post the election. 
<laughs> that's not how it works. So mm -hmm. the judge will ultimately provide a court order date. If he does not appear for it, he will be trying uh, to use the election. He could do many different things. He could, uh, you know, put forward on a contempt Shoot order. Simultaneously, we will file a motion to dismiss the case. What a vile uh, man. You know, plaintiff's failure to prosecute. Uh, I mean, there's a multitude of options at that point in time, uh, but nothing is going to be more interesting than, of course, this case. Now, one of the things that, you know, Trump's attorney, Alejandro Brito, is pushing is the fact that, hey, Michael Cohen has two podcasts, Mea Culpa and Political Beatdown. And he talks about the case all the time on, you know, on these podcasts. And we're concerned that he's going to release some of the information, whether it'll be verbally or he'll do it um, by releasing segments of the recordings, the video recordings or the transcript uh, to Donald's deposition. And so they're going to try to move for a protective order on that. This is what I surmise will occur. That also doesn't really work. What is he afraid of? He's afraid that the truth is going to come out, that it's a fucking bullshit case, that it's done uh, with malicious intent, and it's done as a form of retaliation in order to financially devastate me. Uh, knowing I, them to file I know it because I've watched him do it, you know, um, for so many years. A, a I participated in that sort Again. of shit years and years ago. You know, it's very funny because I get a lot of and the Trump MAGA, you know, supporters that I say, good, I hope that you're finally reaping what you sowed. You know, one thing is so different than the other. Here, I'm being held accountable as I was in my, in my um, defense of myself, which really was no defense. I pled guilty to a one-page information, um, you know, for Donald having his mushroom pecker pulled by a porn star very different than when I was representing him and you know there were you know issues of contracts and um, defamation claims and so on very very different um, scenarios uh, but look the haters haters got to hate they enjoy the hate and I wish them all the best in their hatred you know but it's not going to affect me it's not going to stop me from pursuing what we're doing which is accountability and to all of you who have helped with the GoFundMe, I Ain't thank nobody you gonna come from the bottom of my yet. heart. I thank you, and I just ask you, please don't stop, because we have so much more to go in this case to hold him accountable. And for that, again, I am eternally grateful, and um, we will we will see accountability here. Yeah, the link to the GoFundMe firewall fund, you can see it in the YouTube right here. It's in the YouTube description. It's on the firewall fund. Dot com. On the topic of accountability, Michael Cohen, we heard these audio recordings last night on CNN, and these were the recordings that were referenced uh, in Special Counsel Jack Smith's criminal indictment That's against okay. Donald Trump. Uh, this is the meeting that and took place you know at Bedminster in July of 2021, where uh, ghost writers who were writing Mark Meadows' autobiography visited Bedminster. Donald Trump would travel with his boxes, which are not his boxes. They were the government's boxes of Anybody classified records and top secret records and Anybody national defense information. But Trump would bring Anybody. these boxes wherever he would go. And so when he met with these ghost writers who were writing an autobiography for Mark Meadows, Donald Trump wanted to trash 
the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, because Mark Milley had basically said after Donald Trump left office that especially towards the end of the administration, Trump was very erratic, all things that we saw, and that the military had to take steps to ensure that Donald Trump would not uh, cause chaos in the nation, when Trump had already caused a huge amount of chaos. And for that and other reasons, including the fact that I believe Donald Trump hates the military just generally, and he's said disparaging things about the military, he shows these random people who show up to Bedminster essentially strangers these classified records and he goes hey i want to show you this how cool he goes how cool is this and he goes these are classified i never these are top secret i never declassify these so i shouldn't be showing it to you but doesn't this make me the winner and so we saw the transcript in special counsel jack smith's indictment but it definitely hit harder and in a different way in the audio recording let's play that audio recording right now and then Michael Cohen, I want to get your reaction to it. Play this clip. Big, sick people. That was, that was your cue, you know, against you. That's well, it started right at the beginning. When Bill was talking about, oh, he was going to try to They were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. Right. Trying to yeah. overthrow yeah. your life. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. We looked at him. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages long. Look. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally ruins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential. There's a secret in there. Look at this. Hillary would put that out all the time. By the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. <laughs> And he, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He said the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Beat less than that. See, as president, I could have beat less than that. Now I can't. You know, but this is interesting. Is that interesting? Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, it's so. I'm looking here. And I have. And you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, I believe it's incredible, right? No, hey, bring some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. I want to get your reaction to the audio recording, Cohen. But first, let's take a quick break. Ben Micellas here. Green Chef has expanded their oh, menu. Sure. Now choose from more than. Blue uh, I will prove at the at the at this trial that. Um, the Trump Organization is responsible to make those payments as an indemnified uh, executive of the company. It's funny because they made payments for other people, especially people in the family, but for me because I took the road. Uh, Capsized migrant uh, boat tragedy, another one. I took the, uh, 
the road less traveled. I took the one that he didn't Travel want fast. me to travel. Um, and at the end, uh, he decided that he was not going to continue to make $500 million against you in deposition. And that was very erratic, all things that we saw. And that the... Put aside the fact Can't find for it. that this is more than just fees that are owed oh, to me personally. Plus free shipping. Pick <laughs> of accountability, Michael Cohen. We heard these audio recordings last night on CNN, and these were the recordings that were referenced, especially Michael Cohen. We heard these audio recordings last night on CNN, and these were the recordings that were referenced uh, in. Special Counsel Jack Smith's criminal indictment against Donald Trump. Uh, this is the meeting that took place at Bedminster in July of 2021, where uh, ghost writers who were writing Mark Meadows' autobiography visited Bedminster. Donald Trump would travel with his boxes, which are not his boxes. They were the government's boxes of classified records and top secret records and national defense information. But Trump would bring these boxes wherever he would go. And so when he met with these ghost writers who were writing an autobiography for Mark Meadows, Donald Trump wanted to trash the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, because Mark Milley had basically said after Donald Trump left office that especially toward the meeting that took place at Bedminster in July of 2021 where trash Where's the fucking Donald Trump hates the meeting video recording right now and then Michael Cohen I want to get your reaction to it play this clip Bad, sick people. That, that was your kill, you know, against you. Well, it started right at the like end. When Millie's talking about, oh, we're going to try to... They were trying to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow your life. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. We looked at him. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages long. Let's see. Yeah. In special counsel Jack Smith's criminal indictment against Donald Trump. Uh, this is the meeting that took place at Bedminster in July of 2021, where uh, ghost writers who were writing Mark Meadows' autobiography visited Bedminster. Donald Trump would travel with his boxes, which are not his boxes. 
They were the government's boxes of classified records and top secret records and national defense information, but Trump would bring these boxes wherever he would go. And so when he met with these ghost writers who were writing an autobiography for Mark Meadows, Donald Trump wanted to trash the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, because Mark Milley had basically said after Donald Trump left office that especially towards the end of the administration, Trump was very erratic, all things that we saw, and that the military had to take steps to ensure that Donald Trump would not uh, cause chaos in the nation that Trump had already caused a huge amount of chaos. And for that and other reasons, including the fact that I believe Donald Trump hates the military just generally, and he said disparaging things about the military, he shows these random people who show up to Bedminster essentially strangers these classified records and he goes hey i want to show you this how cool he goes how cool is this and he goes these are classified i never these are top secret i never declassified it so i shouldn't be showing it to you but doesn't this make me the winner and so we saw the transcript in special counsel jack smith's indictment but it definitely hit harder and in a different way in the audio recording let's play that audio recording right now and then Michael Cohen, I want to get your reaction to it. Play this clip. Bad, sick people. That was, that was your cue, you know, against you. Well, it started right at the beginning. But when talking about, oh, we're going to start this. They were trying to do that before you even were going in. Right. You were going to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack alone. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came off. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the defense department in hand. They looked at him. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages wrong. Look. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally ruins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential. There's <laughs> a secret affair. <laughs> look, look at this. The attack. And Hillary would cut that out all the time. <laughs> she sent it, yeah, she sent it to Anthony Weiner. <laughs> uh, by the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. <laughs> And he, he said, who wants to attack the wrong and what? This is This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably that. I don't know what we're going to do. Declassify. Yeah. 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 And you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, I do. It's incredible, right? No, they bring some, uh, bring some jokes in, please. I want to get your reaction to the audio recording, Cohen, but first, let's take a quick break. Ben Micella is here. Green Chef She's has trying expanded to get one up on the their fucking menu. Military. Now choose from more than 50 weekly menu and market items with the option to mix and match meals. 
in the same box without changing your plan. Get everything you need at Green Market, our one-stop shop for quick breakfast, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more. Despite the fact Donald Trump, and I'm going to say this right now, is the single greatest danger to American democracy that exists right now. The fact that you can show these type of greatest danger to a Hashtag Michael Cohen. Scratch my head and I wonder, what do we as the brigade need to do to get through to these fucking cultists who no matter what Donald does, despite the fact Donald Trump, and I'm going to say this right now, is the single greatest danger to American democracy that exists right now. The fact that you can show these type of documents to somebody who does not... These type of documents to somebody who does not have the proper clearance makes Donald into a clear and present danger. And I say this because let me just tell you what what this is all about. And um, very soon on my podcast, may I hope I have Malcolm Nance, who's an expert in this field, who has explained this to me at length. What happens with this type of information if, in fact, that our military was interested in preparing an attack or to conducting an attack against Iran, what these documents would do is it would show the route, where the military would come in, how that they would conduct this military exercise and so on. Well, if that ever fell into the hands of the Iranians, well, what, what happens? They then set up their military, they set up armaments in areas that they know the American planes or tanks or soldiers are going to be coming in, and then they kill Americans. Does Donald give a shit? The answer is no. No, Captain Bonespur doesn't give a flying fuck about any of this. And so he is putting America's national security, he's putting our brave men and women of uniform in harm's way. And again, as I have said hundreds of times on this show and others, he just doesn't give a shit, right? It's not his ass that's on the line. He wasn't going to fight for this country. He just doesn't care. And that's the biggest problem. And then... At the very end, when he says to the staffer or the journalist or whoever it was that he's talking to, well, this exonerates me. So my question to the brigade is exonerates him from what? What is it that he's talking about? This doesn't exonerate him from being in possession of documents that do not belong to him, that belong to the American people, that was supposed to be in the hands of NARA, the National Archives, pursuant to the Presidential Records Act. This doesn't exonerate him from shit. So he's conflating multiple things all at the same time, which is why it's so comical when they turn around and they say that Joe Biden, when he speaks, you know, is incoherent. Who the fuck even knows what Donald is talking about here? That's a, that's a great point. And you mentioned what can we do to try to communicate better. You know, is it a lost cause? 
speaking to people in the Trump cult. And it may be for a lot of people in the Trump cult, but I want to say this. I've been speaking to, and I'm announcing this for the first time on political beatdown, some, a, J, a J6er. I've been speaking to a J6er who she's since realized what she did was wrong. She served her time, got two months in prison, and she now speaks out to others about how to get out of the Trump cult. Her name is Pam Hemphill, and you may have seen this post um, the other day where Donald Trump and the right wing and the MAGA extremists tried to use Pam Hemphill to say, oh, look how unfair a 69-year-old grandma with cancer was given more prison time for walking inside the Capitol than Hunter Biden for sharing classified documents with foreign regimes and multi-million dollar bribery schemes. And then Donald Trump responds, horrible. And then Pam Hemphill, the J6er, who has since recognized what she's done was wrong, said, please, at real Donald Trump, don't be using me for anything. I'm not a victim of January 6th. I pleaded guilty because I was guilty. Hashtag stop the spin. And she's been very outspoken on social media talking about her experience. And it's just been great to meet her over the past 48 hours. You know, everyone was saying to me on my DMing me, you got to speak to Pam, you got to speak to Pam. And her and I got to know each other yesterday. She may be watching the show. She said she's a fan of Midas Touch. And she said that even when she was a Trumper, she told me that she would watch Midas Touch videos. And she said she credits Midas Touch and the Midas Touch Network with been planting the seed um, to 